Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. Unless you live alone on an island, you have a relationship with someone. It may be a family member, it may be a friend, co-worker, neighbor, or just someone that you meet casually. Today we're going to continue our series on relationships. We're talking about a marriage relationship. We're talking about sexual abuse among family members between a brother and a sister that we'll see in Scripture. We'll also look into adultery and sexual immorality as well. All of these happen in the realm of relationships. So get your Bible, lean forward, and enjoy these messages on family relationship. Hopefully, you will find them a blessing in your life. God has a perspective on that, so join us as we take a walk in the light of God's Word. Then David said to Uriah, why don't you go home and wash up, relax, enjoy the evening. So Uriah left the palace and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all the master's servant and did not go down to his house. So David is watching and strategizing and says, Uriah, come home, have a little something, tell me about the war, go on, and then you go on home and enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Wash up. Now this is a man who's coming off the battlefield. This is a man who has a beautiful wife. This is a man who's also wondering why'd he call me off the battlefield? He could have asked anybody how Uriah is, uh, how Joab is doing. He could ask anybody how the war is going on. I'm not one of his generals. I'm not one who reports to him. I'm not the Secretary of State. I'm not the Minister of Defense. Why he call me and ask me how things are going? And this was also a man who did not go home. I wonder if he could smell a rat. When David was told that Uriah did not go home, he asked him, he said, bring him back over here. Uriah, uh, I heard you didn't go home last night. Haven't you come for a distance from a long place off? Have you come from the, uh, the war zone? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, the ark of Israel and Judah are staying in tents out there on the battlefield. And my master Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open field. How can I go home and eat and drink and lie with my wife while everybody else is out there fighting? I, I can't go home. I can't go home and do that. I can't go home and lie with my wife. I can't go home and enjoy myself with pleasure while everybody else is out there fighting. I can't do such a thing. David said, mm. Now he got to regroup. This man's not going home. Hmm. Then David said to him, stay here one more day. Then I'll send you back tomorrow. The Bible said, so Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. And at David's invitation, he ate and drank with him. Let's have a little party. And David made him drunk. 
Let's get him drunk. I know what he's going to do when he get drunk. Hey, <laughs> he's going home. He get drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. And David said, what is wrong with this dude? That's what he said in the King James Version. What is wrong with this dude? He won't go home. No wonder Bathsheba is bathing out there on the rooftop. Her husband has got some issues. Something is wrong with the Hittite. What is wrong with this dude? What's up with him? I done fed him, I got him drunk, he been drinking, and now he's going to go lay out on the ground with the servants instead of going home to his beautiful wife, knowing he got to go back to the battlefield. He could just go get him a quickie or something. <laughs> What's wrong with this dude, this Hittite? Now he's calling him a Hittite now. This Hittite, what's wrong with it? David had to go back to the planning board again because that plan didn't work. In verse 14, in the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. And in it he wrote, put Uriah on the front line where the fighting is fiercest. And then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. Kill this dude. So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were. And when the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. The plan worked. Uriah got what he wanted. That was to go back and be engaged in the battle. And David got what he wanted. And that was Uriah out of the way. This is that same David who was anointed the king of Israel when Samuel poured the oil on his head. This was the same David who had that ministry of worship with music and the playing of the harp. The same David who the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. After the time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. David thought it was over, but it was on. David thought the whole incident had been covered. There was also some men who knew what happened, but they weren't going to tell on the king. They were loyal. David overlooked one small detail. You can't hide from God. David thought that this is all behind us. Nobody will discover that this child that's going to be born is mine. We find that the Lord sent Nathan, the prophet, to David. When he came to him, he said, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and another one poor. 
The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, he grew it up with him and his children. He shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept with it in his arms. He was like a, it was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. And David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lived, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for the lamb four times over. How are you going to take that man, little lamb, and you already got some? But he did such a thing and had no pity. Let's punish that man. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel said. I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives in your arm. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. If that had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing this evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. David said, well, where, where were you at? God's prophet got the word from God and spoke it to this man. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity upon you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you. And he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. The judgment of the Lord came upon David for what he did. God said, I saw that and I didn't like it. David had broken several of the commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not murder. But it was on the battlefield, yeah, but you did it. One of the things that we point out about David, however, is his heart of repentance. In verse 13, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. I have sinned against the Lord. Here's the difference between David and Saul when the prophet came to Saul to tell Saul that he had sinned against God by disobedience. Saul began to make excuses. David came clean right away. I have sinned. He didn't say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. That wasn't me. I didn't do that. Prove it. He said, I've sinned. And Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You're not going to die, but because by doing this, you've made the enemies of the Lord show utter contempt, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone, the Lord struck the child that 
Uriah's wife had borne to David and he became ill. Let me make a point here. David was now married to Bathsheba, but she was never referred to as David's wife. She was still referred to as Uriah's, the Hittite's wife. Even when you go to the New Testament and you get into the genealogy, it would say Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted, he prayed, he went into his house and spent the night lying on the ground. The elders of the household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused. He would not eat any food. But on the seventh day, the child died. Nathan gave this parable, gave this story that paralleled what David had done. And he covered up so skillfully that should remind us that no matter how hard we try, we can't hide from God. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thanks once again for joining us for this broadcast. We've been sharing with you messages on relationships, and I want you to continue to join us as we talk about marriage relationships, we talk about single relationships, we talk about, we're talking about inappropriate sexual abuse between a sister and a brother, we're talking about adultery and sexual immorality. All of these has to do with relationships. I want you to know that God is interested in our relationships and how we live and how we represent Him in everything we do. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin, and you can listen to these messages or previous messages that we have aired on this broadcast. And I also invite you to go to our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And then join us in person on Sundays. God is moving in a significant way. Pastor Jackie is bringing the Word of God. And so join us at 10 o'clock Sunday mornings at 16161 Old Humble Road. And don't forget about the Beacon Bookstore. You may need communion supplies, Bibles, or study resources, or anointing oil. Come and see us at the Beacon. It's right here on our campus. Call the Beacon now at 281-441-2885. That's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.